Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you were here with we. My name is EJ, and I got my man. MH. Yes, he's a DB of the show, and we are Black in Sports. Giving a voice to the culture that won't shut up and dribble. Here interviewing the best professionals in the game and in the boardroom. Covering it all, laughing it all, while providing a platform to be heard. So you know what we do about this time. We want to welcome in our guests here. We're about to have some uncommon conversations with former professional tight end of the Tennessee Titans, motivational speaker, author, and ESPN radio analyst. Les, please, please, let's clap it up for Ben True. Man, thanks for having me, man. I mean, that's a nice introduction, man. You're going to have to cut some of that stuff out. People think I get paid for all that stuff, man. But, <laughs> I, but, I, but I appreciate that intro. I'm, and, and, uh, I'm a speaker. Slash storyteller, not really the motivational side, because you might get motivated by what I say. But man, I have conversations with a, with a with a room full of people. Hopefully, you get something from out of what I say. There you go. Well, how we like to start the show is a shoot your shot moment, man. And I mean, with the life that you've had, man, I'm definitely know there's opportunities where you shot your shot. Um, some were wins and some were fails, man. And please, you can choose which one you want to share. But give us a short story or short kind of soliloquy of when you shot your shot. Oh, man. Uh, I guess the best scenario would be when, when I transitioned from the NFL uh, to what I was going to do next, man, I had to understand that I was starting from scratch again. My professional, my athletic ability could no longer uh, be my crutch. I mean, what I didn't realize was, yeah, man, I was being true to football player. That meant nothing to like to like nine to five. So when you think about people that was in the world that have been working their whole life, never made six figures, seven figures, I thought that because I've always been up here, it was going to be like that. So when I'm when I'm putting in res when I'm putting in applications that became resumes, I mean that humility that humility thing part it hit me because I realized man, I've made the most money I'm probably gonna ever make in my life in the short times man, but in the process of being of going through uh you know talent agencies and trying to get a gig, I understood I, I gained a level of respect for the people that's never done what I did like the, the world don't owe me nothing man the world don't owe me understanding so when I was working at Bloomingdale's in Soho. Shout out to Bloomingdale's Soho uh, in uh, New York City. When I'm when I'm the when I'm the quote uh, uh, what was the asset protection? That's another word. That's a, that's a fancy word for security. They call it. Asset <laughs> <laughs> it was loss prevention, but they was like, nah, people gonna get offended. PG a PG type word. I went to uh, asset protection. When I left, I was there for four years. When I left, everybody in that store wanted me to work for them. Whether it was cosmetics, whether it was ready to wear, whether it was visual, whether it was, because I treated people like people. So I, I, I thought that my greatest asset was my athletic ability. My greatest asset is my ability, period, to just resonate with anybody. So what I thought was going to be my downfall, man, it was fun, man. I didn't, I didn't make it much money. But I've had more fun away from the game that gave me my identity than I ever had during the game. And I miss the players and the coaches and the camaraderie, man. But I tell people all the time, man, you know, if I can eat a Burger King, I can work there. You know what I'm saying? If I can eat a McDonald's, I can work there. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm not the average now. I'm from Swainsboro, GA. I'm from a really, really small town. And, you know, hey, man, you know, I, at the end of the day, I had five grandparents. They always taught me, man, be you first. That way you don't got to worry about being somebody different second. So I just, I just, I thought it was, it was rough. Don't get it twisted. But, man, when I was, listen, my daughter got to go to school in the morning. So daddy got to be, I lived in Jersey. Daddy got to be at Soho by six thirty, so I got to get on a, a little, a little, a little van that take me to the bus, that take me to New York to get on the train, to take me to my job, to get off, to be there by six thirty to open up, because I get off at two thirty to get back on that train, to get back on that bus, to go get my kid out of school. That's what people don't know about me. The grind was already in me. I just needed something to show me how to get to it. And I mean, I look at my life now. I say, man, I'm just a byproduct of you know what I'm saying sticking with problems longer. I ain't no different than nobody else. I'm not this grand individual. I ain't LeBron. I take his money, but I ain't LeBron. <laughs> but uh, no, man. And that that's just me in a nutshell, man. I'm, awesome. you know, I mean, hammering nails for life, man. If I got to get it myself, I'll get it. But if I can help you get it, let's get it that way too. Let's go. Swainsboro, Georgia. So where did your foundation uh, for sports start? Was it was it there? It, it was. When I'm from a place to where there, if you play – 
Pop Warner or Rec Ball or high school, you're the biggest things there. Um, listen, I became a Florida Gator, Tennessee Titan, Oakland Raider, Tampa Bay, but all I ever wanted to be was a Swainsboro Titan. That's it. Like, you can take all the other stuff away because Swainsboro, man, that was my, that was like the biggest, that's all I knew. And um, when I was in Rec Ball, I got to play three years of Rec Ball because my birthday is September 1st. That's the cutoff. The cutoff. Yeah. Cut so, <laughs> so I remember this. When I turned seven, they was putting all the equipment up. And uh, they was like, Miss Troop, man, what you doing? My mom was filling it out. She said, quote, this boy is getting out of my house. Like, he's getting out of my house. So they was trying to get my mama to run around. Like, they ain't going to let me do it. So my dad, I ain't no cell phones back then, obviously. My dad happened to come through the door. My dad is a stocky dude. They look up. My dad goes, is there a problem? No, Mr. Troop, we just get your son signed. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, and, and this pill wasn't working. We had to get you. Absolutely, man, absolutely. But um, it, it got started down there, man. And uh, football was always my escape, man. I wasn't the most. I didn't have a lot of friends. I wasn't very popular. But football, oh, dude, I can do. I can do all kinds of stuff on that football field. Mama couldn't afford no cleats, right? Right. So I remember this. Mama couldn't afford no cleats. Signing me up anyway. The coach tells my mom, listen, because we went out there for a tryout. I got on regular shoes. I ain't got no cleats. He tells my mom, you get this boy out here tomorrow, and I got you. So I get out there the next day. I'm jumping out, no cleats on. Coach bought me two pounds. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so, and, and mind you, we ain't talking about no, we ain't talking about no Nike cleats, no Adidas look like, like it is now. You know, old vote type cleats, like the ones <laughs> that they the travel malls. Yeah, the votes. But I realized in that moment, man, sometimes, you know, me showing up is enough. People going to do their part, not all the time. Showing up, showed up but, battle, but, but it was, it was, Swainsboro was where I got my start, man. And okay, ain't Swainsboro. Shout out to the borough where we keep it thorough. It's a lot of it's a lot of boroughs <laughs> in, in Georgia, uh -huh. but we real when we Swainsboro, Georgia, the borough where we keep it thorough. Get with it or get lost. You don't got to like it. Country boys, you know. Listen, listen. I went from dirt roads to paved roads, small buildings, and skyscrapers, but I'm still that country boy, man. Trying to make sure I I put on for my city whenever I get a chance. Let's go. So was it just football, man? Like, were there any other sports that you were into or just like football was the first and only love or, or did nah, you man. Uh, my first love is track. So when I moved to Augusta, um, you know, um, the state track meets for recreation is always held at Butler High School in Augusta. When I moved to Augusta, I went to Butler High School. Right. But I was but, but when I was a red when Bulldog, I was dog, shout out. Yeah, yeah. When I was when I was eleven and twelve. Um, I was in the state, and it was a dude by the name of Eugene Lee. It was me, a dude named Gavin Willingham, a dude named David Gilchrist, and Eugene Lee. That was our four by one. Out, Gavin was uh, first leg, I was second leg. David was third. Eugene Lee, that boy had world class speed. So after the after the after the state, we won the four by one. Dude approaches my mom, Eugene Lee Senior. He said, "Hey, you know, uh, your son ever thought about running?" My mama goes, "Yeah, but I'm looking like my mama. You know, we you know we cut you we cut you bumpkins, man. I'm like, mom." I think it's going to be some cheese involved, though, right? <laughs> so then my mom kind of hit him, like, how much does it cost? He hit him with that, I'll get back to you. I'm like, oh, hell. Oh, hell Somebody yeah. want to tell you the price right there. But shout out to my grandma, man. She, My grandma stepped in. My grandma ain't have to know what I want to do. She know I want to do it. Man, my grandma was front, front. I don't know. To this day, I don't know how much money it costs. I just know that by running track, man, I got to go to Maryland. I got to go to Atlanta. And I made it to the Nationals. That's the highest. In, it's, it's like AAU track. The Nationals were held at the University of Florida. I was there when I was 12 years old, representing the top 12-year-olds in the country. And who would have ever thought five years later I would be enrolling at the University of Florida? So it was like a, it was like a prerequisite with what was coming, man. But I enjoyed it, man. I got to go to the Georgia games. I had fun, man. A country boy seeing mountains and like buildings. <laughs> it, 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 it blew my mind, man. But I think I think it prepared me for what my life was gonna be, even if, even obviously I couldn't see that far back then. But yeah, man, it was always track, man. I mean, when I watched Usain Bolt and watch them boys get out there and do it, I say, dude, my friends would go, that's just running. I said, Well, y'all like soccer, right? Yeah. I said, What the hell you think soccer is? Like <laughs> it, it's oh, the same man. thing. But from track <laughs> to football to ROTC to tennis, I played tennis to wrestling. 
hey, man, anything to keep me from getting a job in high school, whatever season it was, I'm going to play something. Football, hey, wrestling. And like, and like your mama said, keep you outside. <laughs> oh, my God. And, and, and a big, in a big city like Augusta, I tell people this all the time, as much as I love Swainsboro, if I go from Swainsboro to Gainesville, I don't make it. Because mm. it's too small of a town. See, that's what people don't get. Augusta, Georgia, in, in the state of Georgia, you only got certain cities. You got Atlanta, which is a freaking universe. You got Columbus. You got Macon. You got Savannah. I mean, and you got Augusta. Augusta at the time was the second largest city. So because I'm in the city, too, I went from Swainsboro to where I know everybody, mm-hmm. to, to Augusta to where I know nobody. I don't know nobody. But being in that city taught me how to survive, man. My mama have no clue, man. We stayed in a stayed in an apartment complex that had three apartment do uh, complexes, all of them had pools, little, little culture sacks, and all three of them was beefing. All of them. Nobody like. If I'm in the wrong pool, that may be my last swim. And my mama didn't even know this. <laughs> Listen, from gangs, I ain't know gangs to me was something I saw in movies. I ain't right. know the Bloods and Crips and Vice Lords and Latin Kings. That stuff is real, and that's who in my neighborhood. And what set you from, homie? What? Like I, twelve years old, ten years old, but. When I got to Florida, I was going to leave. I was like, man, this ain't for me. But I think about what I represent. I represent two cities now. Two. Well, one of them ain't even a city. So, but, it, but, I, but I mean, I, I stayed, man. And like I say all the time, man, when you when a man knows what he's doing it for, bigger than himself, it kind of, because trust me, if it was just for Benjamin LaShawn, I would have got out. No, I was going to get the hell out. I don't know where I was going to go. I was going to go back to my mama house. But I stuck it out, man. So I shout out to Swainsboro GA. Shout out to Augusta GA. Shout out to them Butler Bulldogs. And hey, man, it's too many. It, it, it's too many people to thank, man. Too many people that don't share the last name is mine. They gave a brother like me, man, a lot, a lot, a lot of gems, man. I picked them all up. I did my best to use them all. Let's go. So what was that moment? Uh, I guess at Butler High School, going into to, to Florida, where you figured out, hey, man, for this football thing uh, is real. I, I'm, I'm really got a future at this. Uh, so at my high school, we, we weren't prestigious. We didn't have like, we didn't have division one recruits every year. So when myself, a dude named Carlos Rogers, he was the seventh overall pick Ooh. in 2005. Yeah. Corner. Yes. Ooh. Cornerback. Yes. Uh, Ooh, Isaac West, we ended up going to Furman. So when we come through, man, we used to see in Albany state, mm-hmm. you know, Alcorn state, Georgia Southern. Now, Georgia, Florida, North Carolina, Auburn, Alabama. So with us, man, we were so naive. Man, let me tell you something. Naiveness is a good thing, man, because it keeps you from really understanding the severity of it. Mm-hmm. We come at one point, it was 130 Division One schools. Now, I could be wrong now. We come out to practice one day. It's like 130 schools across the field, like watching us, right? Wow. Now, mind you, listen, bro, I'm home. I'm tired. Uh, I, I'm not doing nothing extra. I'm, I'm going to go through practice. So we did this drill. You know, we call, we call it meet in the middle. You got a ball carrier. You got you got you got a run stopper. Making uh making basketball players for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. basketball players. They don't you, do you, it. You, you get to make one move and try to get by. Now, when I played, man, we had this little linebacker. He couldn't. Now listen, I, and I say this respectfully. He was not a little person, but he wasn't far from it. He was about five feet, maybe, and he played linebacker. So they're going to put me six five versus five feet. Okay. So obviously, he's going to go for my legs. They give it to me. We're coming to meet in the middle. He went low, and I completely just dove, just, just dove over him. I just leaped over him. And the sideline went nuts. Mind you, I don't think I'm doing I'm just being a football player. And, man, I, I remember the power of the media. There was a dude. I can't remember who he was. Because I, I didn't start in high school to my senior year. I didn't play my freshman year. Played on JV my sophomore year. Was the back of my junior year. My junior year, there was a guy from the Augusta Chronicle talking to my coach, David Land. He said, who was that kid right there? He said, who him? He said, this is what he said. He goes, who been here? He said, oh, that's the best cap seeker. That's what he said. That's the best cap seeker in Georgia right there. They wow. put up, they put, this dude goes to write a full story on me. He called me Georgia's best cap seeker. When I lived in Swainsboro, my mother used to go to Augusta State. It's Augusta State now. It used to be Augusta College. Going back and forth, my mom ain't got a lot of money trying to raise three kids, so we end up in Augusta. I was using 1892 Neptune Drive. That's my cousin address. So I'm getting a, I'm getting a letter here. I stayed at 2602 Shalomar Drive. I'm getting a couple of letters. One day, get a knock on the door. It's my cousin. 
She got two groceries. She got two gigantic trash bags. Now, now uh, you know, she ain't the biggest person in the world. The trash bag's about taller than her. She tells me, boy, you got to start using your own address. You get more. <laughs> she says, you get more mail than us. She says, you get so much mail that the, that the, that the, that the, uh, the postal worker, he doesn't put in the, he doesn't put it in the post, in, uh, in the freaking out mailbox. He ties it up in a freaking big, gigantic thick rubber bands and sticks it on their front door. And they kept stacking up to the point where they think, that my cousin that I live there said, hey, your, your son, he got, a, listen, no, I, so I'm thinking I'm getting a couple letters. Next thing you know, North Carolina, Clemson. If it was a school in the Southeast, mm-hmm. I was getting recruited by him. And all I did was be me, man. Like I didn't, I was a good student. Um, I tell you this all the time. I wasn't a great football player. I was great at football. Mm-hmm. On the field, man, I could do that. Meaning I don't care about no stats, but you put me out there like, as my granddad would say, boy, Cleats ain't nothing but dancing shoes, boy. Get out there and dance, boy. I could dance with that ball, boy. I could. So when I look back on it now, the greatest thing Butler High School gave me was options. Most dudes don't know what they're going to do. Man, I had Georgia, Florida, Florida State, Georgia Tech, Miami. I mean, South Carolina, South Carolina State, Clemson. And once my parents knew, wait a minute. My dad said on the official visit, I mean, when somebody came to my house, he goes, wait a minute. Y'all mean my son get to go for free? Yeah. Well, so everybody came to my house. South Carolina came, I'm going to South Carolina. Georgia came, I'm going to Georgia. If you came to my crib when I got recruited, my daddy told you, see you in the fall. So, <laughs> but it was cool, man. Butler High School, it was, it was, it was the best for me, man. It, it was the greatest. So going back, looking at that, if there was one thing you wish you would have known or done different during the recruiting process, right? Because we talk a lot of people about this and, and you know, even uh, MH and myself going through the recruiting process. Is there something you wish you would have known or that you would have done differently? I would have uh, I would have used uh, I would have used my influence. Like, I didn't know how big of a recruit I was. I, di- I didn't know. But what happens is, man, let me tell you something. I don't know what it's like to be a beautiful woman in the room for them dudes, but that's what it's like. Like it's it's like that. It's like you walk in and a bunch of grown men tapping each other. That's him. That's him. It's it's the craziest. Now listen, it's a beautiful thing, but you also realize they doing this everywhere you go. Meaning, if I go to Georgia and they got all these dudes, they pulling me to the side. It's like they saying, "Hey, sure, they coming for a second. Let me holler at you." But. I mean, you look nice, man. I told you, you ain't being right. But it, and you like, yeah. And they listen. They saying Swainsboro, right? And you like, yeah. Butler, right? Yeah. And you like, how do they know this? You walk in the room, a coach got a bunch of pictures all over the wall, and it's all you. You walk in the coach's office, they go, you, you, you. How they do? They ain't got your face, but they got eighty four with troop on the back, all newspaper clippers. <laughs> and you start realizing, most of these dudes here, they just fillers. They not coming here. They just got to make th- these guys over here are perception. The reality is they want you. So when I'm coming back to school and people, have, yo, you guys seen he got game, right? With uh, I wasn't Jesus Shuttlesworth, but I was <laughs> far. Listen, I wasn't far. Jesus. So all I'm saying is, I'm seven. Well, I'm 17 going on these visits. I I, I graduated high school when I was 17 years old. So mm-hmm. I get high, I get to college. I ain't even old enough to sign my. They didn't even let me sign my stuff. That pisses me off. That pisses me off to this day. I'm like, man, I can, so so looking back on it, I would tell the guys coming behind me, hey man, if they cheat you to get you, they are gonna cheat you after they get you. Trust and believe. If they give you something to get you to come, they got you, cause they they gonna survive this. Now mind you, I'm a tight end man. Ain't no quarterback. Ain't I wasn't. They wasn't giving me anything, but. That sweet talking stuff, man. That stuff works, man. They they know you top to bottom, but once they realize you ain't going to their school, they flip on you. Mm-hmm. I mean, they flip on you quick. Immediately. But at Immediately. the same time, too, man. Once moms told me I was going to Florida, I still took all my visits. And you going to Florida? Cool. I went to Georgia. I went to uh, Louisville. <laughs> I went to South Carolina. I went to Clemson. But I was squeaky clean, man. I think what happens is with a lot of these young men, they got such. We got such crazy past to be as young as we are. They ain't have nothing on me. And my daddy was in prison most of my life. Couldn't even use it against me. They could not. They would. If they could have, they would have. But yeah, man, it was going back on it, man. I would. I wouldn't do nothing different outside of the fact that 
you know, when they trying to pimp me, I wish I had some slick talk to, to come at Absolutely. <laughs> I, ain't have, I ain't have nothing to give them. All right, so let's jump into like so. I mean, extraordinary, like you know, going into college, top you know, college game. You know, during your time there, you guys were SEC champs, beating beating Auburn, and then you get into the NFL, man. So, how was it playing with the at the Titans? And you know, are you still like how they treat their alumni? Do you still kind of go back and interact with them? Yeah, man, the Titans was great, man. I mean, I get paid to play football, man. I I ain't got nothing but good things to say about them. They. They made it so I never had to leave the South. That's what people don't get. Grew up in Georgia, college in Florida, pros in Tennessee. So I, I went this and that. I just had to get used to Central Time. That Central Time used to mess me up because I'm like late, late for meetings. Oh no, no, it, it, it wasn't. It wasn't that. But if I'm getting on a flight in Atlanta and the, the flight said you leave, yeah. yeah. What the hell y'all talking about, lady? What you mean I get there? I'm leaving at one. But I will say this: Aaron Kenny, who played in Florida five years before I got there. He played tight end too. He brought he listen. He put he, he he took me under his wing, man. He he knew I had athletic ability. I could I could play the game, but I did not know how to be no professional, man. Now getting drafted makes me a pro. I'm a pro. That don't make me no professional. It is man. It is it is two totally different things. My athletic ability really got to where a team wanted to draft me. I ain't know what the hell I was doing. It's almost like you forget everything. So. When I got there, man, Aaron Kenny took me on his wing. Him and his wife, Julie, man, he showed me the ropes, showed me how to be a professional. Never, ever looked at me what I was supposed to be. I'm his competition. He ain't treat me like that. Mm-hmm. And there were things I could do Aaron couldn't. There were things Aaron could do I couldn't. You put us together, oh, we had fun. So for me, the NFL, make no mistake about it, man, in the grand scheme of things, NFL is awful because it's a business. It's cutthroat. It's not cutthroat. Because it wants to be, it's cutthroat because it has to be, man. When I get drafted, I'm one of 14 guys. And Steve McNair, the great Steve McNair, told me in front of all the draft picks, in front of all the free agents, hey, 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 what's your he like this? Hey, uh, what, what's your name? Ben, Ben, yeah. Don't don't get cool with them dudes over there because they won't be here. And I'm like, oh, what you mean? Because he realized, look, bro, I'm just telling you what it is, like. My rookie year, my rookie mini camp, if I wasn't a second round pick, I wouldn't have made it. I was awful. I couldn't remember no plays. <laughs> I couldn't remember what I was doing. I was tired as hell all the time. But once I got it, I understood, man. When you're a professional, boy, somebody told me this and I stick to it to this day. They say most people do stuff to get it right. Cool. Professionals do it so long, we don't know how to get it wrong. Now, we can get it wrong, but that'll mean, see what I'm saying? So, I understood that when I drop a pass, that's that's affecting the whole squad. That's affecting the money. Because, listen, man, that playoff checks, people lit, listen. Tom Brady going to the playoffs every year, bro, that's almost 200K. Jeez. Play, forget the ring. Wait a minute. I got 200K? Yep. So that means that that was money that wasn't even in my budget. I didn't understand this stuff. Incentives. And it was a lot, man. But from Keith Bullock, the Brad Hopkins, the Steve McNair, the Vince Young, the Lindell White, and Jared, uh-huh. Jared, Jared Payton, the son of Walter Payton, yeah. Pac-Man Jones. I, I played with some. I played with some some incredible players, man. But I was cool with all of them. Like certain guys making twenty mil, most of us making less than a mil. But hey, man, I'm making money. I'm I'm 21 years old out there house hunting, so I <laughs> I, I I didn't really have no, no you know no no complaints. There's there's a lot to unpack there. You hit on so many different things that I want to hit on. But for one, uh, Lindell White came from Denver, Colorado. So yes, sir. Shout yes, out, sir. Shout, shout out to, to Lindell. Lindell. <laughs> a couple of things. So you play with the great Steve McNair. Wanted to get your kind of views on Steve. And then you play, you wore number 84 at University of Florida. There's another recent number 84 that's now with the Atlanta Falcons. Wanted to get your thoughts on uh, pits and how what the progression of the position at the tight end position is, man. So, what are your thoughts? And do on you have things? a relationship with him as well? Like, did you give him any, you know, like guidance, man, mentorship? Nah, man. Listen, when Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts is from Pittsburgh. No, no, he's from Philly. I'm sorry, he's from Philly. Philly. When he gets to Florida, people go, "Hey, man, being this is a dude that I here look like you." I said, "No, it's a dude I did that wear the same number I wore." <laughs> <laughs> listen, let me tell y'all something. Look, okay. I played with Kellen Winslow the second, Jeremy Shockey, 
and Randy McMichael and Tony Gonzalez and mm. you know uh uh you know Dallas Clark and great great tight ends. Ben Watson, like Ben Watson, I ain't never seen nothing like Kyle Pitts. Meaning, if you ever seen LeBron in person, he look how he played. Like he, oh, that dude right there look like he nice, and he is. Julio Jones, he looks how he plays. Calvin Johnson, that's Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts, look, he built, he is built to run, run fast and very athletic. The kid in one game. Last year, the opening game in 2020 against mm -hmm. Ole Miss, he had four touchdowns. He had four. And we, I said, when I looked at the box score, I said, wait a minute. This boy had four touchdowns? Yeah. He had four touchdowns in one game? Yeah. And mind you, he's running away from DBs, running away. Yeah. I'm so happy. And, and the crazy part was, when he getting ready to get drafted, University of Florida reaches out to me. He says, hey, Ben, we want you to do the voiceover for Kyle. I think he's going to be the highest drafted tight end uh, in the history of the NFL. He goes, and if he goes first round, he said, right now, Ben, you're the highest drafted tight end ever out of Florida. I said, okay. I said, cool. So we doing it, doing it, talking about him. I said, hey, yo, um, just by chance, what was Kyle Pitts born? I was like, oh, Kyle Pitts was born in 2000. I go, damn, I got to college in 2000. All right, I should have even asked that. The kid, <laughs> is, that, like, the kid is that. And so for me, I'm happy for him, man. Like, I will tell Kyle this whenever I get a chance to go talk to him. I go, I'm gonna tell him, don't get caught up in wanting to be famous more than you want to be a good football player. Cause I get it. Nowadays, man, I love him, but like, don't be more Larry Fitzgerald and less Odell. Because I say this all the time. I go, listen. Odell Beckham Jr., that boy caught that one-hander in Monday night. And it's like, and to me, everybody's like, okay, I dye my hair blonde. Mm -hmm. I catch a one-hand. No, the NFL, you already fading away while you're there. Yeah. You wear a helmet. So Kyler Murray, I know how he looked. Lamar Jackson, I know how he looked. Russell Woods, I know how he looked. If Jared Goff walked through here, don't know him. <laughs> if, if, if Josh Allen walked, and these are the quarterbacks. So, and speaking of quarterbacks, Listen, I played with some players. I ain't never seen or experienced nothing like Mac Nine. Steve McNair, I don't care what nobody say. That's cool. If, if Steve Mac Nine don't go into the to the NFL Hall of Fame, it's, it's I'm, I'm I'm done with it. Cause if if you if you listen, if you go to Alabama, Georgia, LSU, and you the number one overall pick, I get it. Dude, I was the third overall pick. I went to Alcorn State, and I got yeah, drafted by the Houston. I got drafted about you know the Houston Oilers, not the Houston Texans. The Oilers. Oilers. <laughs> Mac Nine, he can do anything with that ball, man. He That's was cool. the most. He was the most humble superstar I've ever seen. Listen, he drunk moonshine, right? <laughs> he drove a. Listen, people ask me what did Steve McNair drive? He drove a Dodge Ram. That's what he drove. <laughs> right? uh -oh. Now listen, listen, <laughs> listen. And listen, and I, listen, I ain't tell, I ain't telling his business because I know he had, I know he had a missing me there. Mm -hmm. But the ladies like Mac, like the ladies used to like Mac, right? And the thing about it is though, they they thought they was they thought they was gonna get the superstar. Yeah. They, got the, they got the boy from Mississippi, <laughs> right? That's what they got. So for me, it took me, listen, it took me a full year for Mac Nine to call him Mac. It took me a full year to get Mac to acknowledge me. As a, as a football player, because you know he's about his business, right? Mm -hmm. And once he did, and listen, Mac never told me, Mac never cussed at me. It was never he was the Mac Mac cusses at offensive coordinators, quarterback coaches, and head coaches. One time when Norm Chow, who was at USC, he got there okay. by he got there by uh, my second year. Yep. Norm Chow, Norm Chow on the business. Norm Chow was giving Mac a play. And Mac, he like trying to put his helmet on, get ready. And he yells, Mac, hurry up. Mac takes his helmet off. <laughs> yells Norm, who the hell you think you're talking to? <laughs> listen, listen. Norm looks at Jeff Fisher, and Jeff Fisher, like, who you talking to? Talking to Mac? <laughs> Keith Bullock, Keith Bullock, the linebacker, yep. tells Norm Chow, boy, this ain't Southern Cal. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't Matt Lighter. Because 
Once again, once again, Norm Child thought because he's the offensive coordinator, I'm a pro, but you ain't no professional. That's a professional. That's a that's a former MVP you talking to. Now, mind you, Mac ain't disrespecting Norm. He said let Norm not disrespect will not be taught. You can coach me. I mean, um, Eric Moles, the great Eric Moles that played for Buffalo. Buffalo. I got to play with Eric Moles for a year. I watched Eric Moles cuss out a quarterback's coach because they changed the play in the meeting room and didn't tell him and cussed at him. Eric Moles said, I will do, quote, this. I remember Eric Moles said, boy, I got bail money. You ever <laughs> come to me like that again? I'm telling y'all, man, these Boy, I, got I, I, got, I got to play. I got to play with some of the best, man. Like I got to play with some of the best because they listen. I learned no I learned no disrespect from Keith Bullock, from Samari Rowe, from Steve McNair, Eric Mose, because they say, Ben, I got kids. Yeah. I talk to them like that. Ain't no grown man talking to me. So hey man, but but rest in peace of Mac Nine, man, when he when he when he when he got when he tragically lost his life, man, it really did something to me, man. Cause I, I feel like Vince Young, man. They don't make him like him, man. It's a lot of fakeness in the NFL. It's a lot. It is it is just rampant. Man, I, I got to play with some of the realest football players all the time, man, because they was real dudes away from football. Mm-hmm. I'm so indebted to those dudes, man, because I didn't realize what they was giving me. They was giving me game, but when I'm trying to learn this playbook and perform, I couldn't really absorb it. But man, being away from football now, man, I got to work the draft in 2019, man. I saw a lot of those boys hugging each other, saying, "Boy, we, you know, appreciate the type of man you are." So yeah, it, it was it was love, man. But but Mac Nine taught me there's a difference between cussing and coaching. He said, "Look, that coach that's cussing at you," he said, "Boy, they drafted you, they hired him. That's a difference." Oh, that dude, that he says he's coaching the best players in the world. Oh, that man could be anybody. He said, I'm not saying he ain't earned his dues. He said, but he ain't have to play in the SEC. He ain't have to do what you did to get here. And his son, that coached me, played at Florida State in the same position. And his son didn't get drafted. Your daddy is a tight end coach, and you didn't get drafted. So, hey, man, Mac 9, Mac 9 makes it so that now with my current career, when I first got there, I had to tell my boss, you can listen, man, I'm your employee. You, can, you know, we can talk. There won't be no disrespect, bro. Because, I, this is what I told him. If we were out in the street, would you say to me, now, you know what I'm saying, out there, he go, no. So, act like, so just remember, if you can't say it out there, you can't say it in here. I'm not threatening you, but if you, if I, listen, if my kids just happen to be with their daddy at work and you come in here cussing at me, they're going daddy, who the hell is that? I don't know who the hell that is, baby. Talking to daddy like that. Because so I got bill money. <laughs> and, 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 and it's a it's a microcosm for everything I do. I work with people, man. They think they bought that. I said, that's the boss. That's the boss. He can do whatever he wants. I said, no. He can do whatever he wants with y'all. Because <laughs> I told him this. And this <laughs> I told him this. And this when he got it. This when, this when he realized. This when he realized. I said, listen, man. I want to be free more than I want a job. Trust and believe. I have to provide for me and my family, but if I got, but if you paying me for you to talk to me like I'm hearing you here, nah, bro, I ain't finna blow this place up. But it, it will be no more. It will be no more. Let's, and like I said, and I and I do have bail money. Yes. <laughs> so let's talk about. So there's evolution. You kind of hinted on that as well. So now you are in media, right? So you are on ESPN, and um, you know, in a unique role where. One, it's great to have a voice because, like, when we look at, you know, the, the the news or not the news, but just, like, what's being broadcast, we don't see a lot of us. There's trickles of us. So, one, just talk about how you got into your role um, and, and tell the people where they can find you because uh, you're you're down. You're on ESPN, but you're on a, a daily I'm, show. I'm on, right? yeah, I'm on the coast. Yeah, uh, you can always I'm – I'm the co-host of 3 and Out with Kevin Thomas and BJ Bennett. Uh, you can find us on the ESPN app at ESPNCoastal.com, at Pigskin Radio on all social media outlets. And uh, Monday through Friday, three to six, um, Eastern Standard. I got, got to make sure I say Eastern. That Eastern is tearing people up. Um, I got into my role, man, because of a guy named BJ Bennett, who I'm on the show with. He intro- when I when I, once again transitioned from football, he introduced radio to me, and 
I was living in Tampa at the time. I drove up to Brunswick, and it's how he it's how he did it, man. Like he did this thing with his voice. Like we sitting there talking, like we talking, and then all of a sudden he go, "Hey man, welcome back to so and so and so and so." I'm like, and and in his mind, he don't hear it because he do it every day. So he get off. I go, "Yo, how you do that?" He go, "How I do what? How you doing with your voice?" Like I'm not doing anything. And then he'll say, "Hold on, welcome back." So he's doing it again, right? But it's he did something for me, man. He told me I sucked. He said, Ben, we like you coming on the show, dude, but you ain't good. Like, you just be going. You ain't really answering questions. You just rambling. And because, and later on, right, later on, we became best friends, right? And he told me something. He says, real friends don't patronize you. The world does. If I'm going to lie to you, bro, I'm just like anybody in the street. He said, I didn't tell you sucked. Because I was trying to hurt you. I told you suck because I'm trying to help you. So what happens is now, there's another thing that I didn't know I learned. I, I I was coming on, they call it troop talk. I came on from like 2011. Oh, no, by 2010 or 9 to like 2017, every Wednesday, troop talk. People think I'm on the show. When I lived in Jersey and I worked in Bloomingdale, this is what people don't know. I'm still coming on every Wednesday, even if I'm at work. I got to take a 15 minute break because I got to go do my segment, right? To this day, people don't know this. When I get there on Mondays, BJ then taught me how to sell me, not a gimmick, me. So I started on three and out with them. I would go on ESPN Gainesville. I would go on ESPN Huntsville. I would go on the newest Scrubs show. I'm going to all these different shows because I know how to say, man, Y'all boys want to bring you on. So I'm getting all this tape. Plus, I'm going out to all these audiences. When I finally got hired in 2017, I'm sitting down with our sound guy. His name is Mark Douglas. Mark Mark's from Connecticut. He's been in the business like 30 years. Mark sat me down and said, Ben, I want to apologize to you. I'm like, for what? He said, when they said they was going to hire you, I told them I don't want them. Whoa. Because he said, I'm thinking for an athlete, prima donna, uh, lazy, don't want to do anything. He said it was me, it was him, BJ, Charlie. Charlie is the big boss. He said BJ, who is a type 1 diabetic, by the way, has a wife and two kids, said if this dude ain't good enough, you can fire him and me. I will put my career on the line for this dude. Because he cuts because he's gotten to know me over the years. Like, he said, this is what he told him. He says, the only reason why Ben going to work here is because he don't want to work somewhere else. If the boy wanted to work at uh, SC Network, he could. And he said, and if he ever wants to leave, I'm going to make sure I help him get there. Because he, he said, because, quote, remember, he's doing us the favor. Yeah. Wow. So now I do what I do out of appreciation, man. This book that we're going to talk about, you, it's, it's called Uncommon Unfinished, The Ben True Story with B.J. Bennett. Who the hell y'all think wrote it? It wasn't me. <laughs> we definitely going to get into that. We so, definitely so, so, so when oh, I look back on it, man, from the Uncommon Crew, my nonprofit, to three and out, to books, to whatever I'm doing, man, it's a microcosm of me. I used to think that I had to be extensions of something to be good at it. Once I made everything I do be extensions of me, you can't stop me. I ain't talking about money prestige but man people can't tell the difference this is sports center and espn is different like people think i work in bristol my brother think you know it's stephen a and me and max Costa hell I <laughs> but 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 at the same time when i'm going places yeah i'm on the biggest sports app on the planet people so i do say that going you you on espn radio i go yeah he goes to ESPN app. I said, go on. I said, go to Coastal Georgia. And it was, and I was doing a commercial when he went on. Black man, you know how we do. He just, he like, oh, you, 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 you don't know Martin Luther King Jr. Yes, I do. I you don't but know the king. <laughs> but now, now, I, I, I will say this though. I didn't get on radio to be the best at radio, man. I want to be efficient at what I do. I want to be so efficient at it to where when I want to branch off and do other stuff, which I do. I get to do it. I work while I work, not because of the salary, because of the freedom. Man, I got three kids, man, that live in three different cities, right? Mm -hmm. Anytime I say, if I call, wake up in the morning, say, hey, man, I see y'all boys uh, on Monday, man. I got to go see my little ones. All right, man, be, be safe. It's never when you coming back. 
how long you go. That's why I do what I do. Cause man, if my kids ain't my number one priority, man, I mean, radio going, it's going to go on without me. So, Absolutely. but I, I, but I love what I do, man. I'm not saying I don't, I love who I do it with. That's and, uh, Hey man, for three hours a day, man, I, you know, I talk that talk on these radio ways, man. And last time <laughs> I checked, I ain't got, I ain't got no cease and desist. So don't come back no more yet. So I still got so a job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, M.A., chilling with the quick hits. Yeah, shout out to your favorite teammate. Who's your favorite teammate? Aaron Kenny, man. It ain't even close. I mean, without Aaron Kenny, I don't even make it one year in the league, let alone five. It's E.K. all day. Top five movies. Oh, my God. Top five movies. Number one, I'm sorry, people. Friday. Friday is one of the best movies ever made. I don't care what nobody say. Uh, number two, um, Bad Boys. Love right. Bad Boys. Um, listen, man. I know people finna call me. I know people finna call me. Number three, um, Glory. I love that movie, Glory, with Denzel Washington. Number four, I love you, Ray. Whole Terror Wanda is one of the best movies ever made. And number five for me, and probably my number one is Predator. I love that movie, Predator. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy, right? But I, lo I love it. I love it. <laughs> we were, we were going down. Yeah, we were, we were <laughs> <laughs> hard right. <laughs> They're like, wait, wait, yeah, I'm all over. Listen, I'm, I'm all over the place, man. All Let's over. go. How many different ways have you ate raccoon in your life? Rack, I've um, if I I've never eaten. If I have, I don't know I've eaten it. But listen, I, listen. Now this thing, I'm I'm country, but I'm not country country. Like I don't drink sugar water. I don't uh, I don't take something that's dead on the side of the road. Put it on the back of my truck, go home. Now, now I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that. I don't do that. So I'm country, man. But if somebody go, hey man, I just killed a rabbit. You better you you and uh you and Bugs Bunny can have that. I don't I don't got to do all that. I'm country though, but not that country. <laughs> when does Georgia finally win a national championship? I, ho I hope it's not this year. I hope to God. I mean, I t if they do, it's my fault because I talk so much trash about them. You know. If they do, man, I will say, hey, congratulations. You no longer at the little boy table at Thanksgiving. You can come <laughs> over here with the, with, the, with, the, with the big kids, with the grown-ups. But, but I will say this. If they don't, if they don't win it, they're going to hate me. Because let me tell y'all something. Georgia fans live in a naive world. If you haven't won a national championship in 41 years, I don't care what you've done. Right? I don't care who you did it against. You've never been the last team standing. And because I was born in 82 and not 80, I've never seen it. So I want to keep that legacy going. I don't want to live in a world that the University of Georgia is winning national championships. Taxes are already high as hell. I already got to pay $4 for gas. Can't deal with these Georgia Bulldogs, man. Come on, guy. Give me give me a mulligan. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm good on that one. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> oh, let's go. Um, all right, man. So let's get into the winner's circle. And we'll, you know what? I think a perfect place to start um, in the winner's circle is to talk about the book because you brought that up, um, Uncommon and Unfinished, and that you talked to that BJ helped you co-author. So where did the, let's start with where the idea came from. Like, why did you think that this story needed to be told? And then kind of go into the process or just anything you don't want to share about the book. I, I actually did I actually didn't want to do a book about me. I want to write other stuff. But okay. BJ thought BJ was like, well, dude, no nobody really know you though. Like they don't know being true, your real name is Benjamin. They don't know the dude behind the football helmet. So yeah. he spent so much time around me. He he said, Ben, I almost became you. And he goes, You're everything that goes against what we think football players are. You're not arrogant. You're not all about you. You know, you do. Uh, so, all, and I'm like, well, I'm just being me. So because he got to know me, he got to know my family where I'm from. He said, let's put out a book. Meet a dude by the name of Andre Drummer. A dude from, uh, you know, from Millen, Georgia, who's um a professor at East Georgia State College in Swainsboro, where I'm from. Mm -hmm. Meet him because I was starting my speaking tour just right before COVID hit. This is February in 2020, right before it just shut down. Met him. He gave me his book. Man, he got me back on campus to go speak in the process of just vibing with each other. He um he tell me about him. He says, Hey man, wake up in the middle of the night. He says, Hey man, I got this uh I got this uh title for your book. Based on what he heard me say, he said, You ever heard of what about uncommon unfinished? I said, let's do it. 
I said, but if you're gonna give me that, you're gonna give me that title, you got to write the foreword. He did write the foreword. So the process of a book is not the part that drives you crazy. It's not the chapters. Okay. Dude, it's the editing. When you send it to the editor, oh my listen to every professor, English teacher I ever had. I'm sorry. Semicolons, <laughs> commas, de- declarative statement. It's crazy. I mean, because you got to think. If I draw a picture of y'all, that's forever. You're going to show it up. The only way you're going to show off your picture of what I drew is if you like it. And right. if you don't, it will go in the basement forever. It ain't. So. It ain't going said, on the fridge. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and I said, I want to write books. I may never write another book. So I said, well, this might be my only time to, to, to write. So I could have made, made this book all about me. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. But that's been my whole life. Since I was 17 years old, my life has been on a grand stage, whether I wanted it or not. Never cared about limelights. So I think about my brothers, my sisters, my nieces, nephews, my children, my parents, all the people that nobody knows about. So when people hear about being Heartstock, that's the tight end that got drafted with me in 2004. He came to the Titans, and I hated him because he was going to play, and I wasn't. What I didn't realize was the reason why he was with the Titans is because he came from the coast and got cut. Right? Bo Scaife, Ben, be, uh, you know, a Ben Hall. It's man from 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 Speak and Ash. It's this was a this is a gigantic thank you letter, man. This was saying thank you to the people, places, and things that made me me. Because if I, which I am, if I'm an unselfish dude, everything I do is gonna be a reflection of that. So when I do when I did a book, look, man, from the very first line, I got you. Meaning, it's not what you're gonna think it is, man. I'm like a roller coaster that take you all the way up and I go backwards. What you <laughs> so the guy in the front is really the guy in the back. And you got listen, just imagine a ride, you can't see it. You just that's kind of what my book is. It's not this. Here's a guy, it's not a Wikipedia page, man. You can that's the stuff that you know, no, it's about a father and a, my father and me. I don't know who the hell he is, I don't know who the hell I am. We don't even really know each other. It's about thinking that. My life was going to be behind, you know, in a jail cell. My daddy was in prison about my whole life. So I'm running from jail, prison. And then he go from that to drug addiction. So I'm like, well, dang, you you overcome this, do that? To fatherhood or lack thereof when I first had kids. I had kids. I wasn't no dad, man. I wasn't giving my kids nothing. So, and, and so I'm not no hero in this book. I'm telling the truth. But, but one, listen, but fellas, once you get it all the way out, yeah. It's a it's a freeing feeling because it's like okay I'm gonna talk about the book but that chapter of my life I put it out there, I mean mm-hmm. letters to my children in there, telling them the type of daddy I really am or saying sorry for how I was. I, listen, man, my son was born May twenty second. You know what I'm saying? Two thousand nine, May twenty first, two thousand nine. I was in Myrtle Beach. I was selfish as hell. I'm telling y'all, I'm I'm doing the things I'm doing it for men, sons, uncles. Former football players, hopefully you see you and me when you read my book. Because like, now you got some good stories in there now. Not, no locker room stories because if I open that, you know, yeah, yeah. if I open that box, Scotty Pippen. I mean, so Scotty Pippen. The bro code will be maintained. Yes, yeah, like, let's go. <laughs> but um, it's the greatest man because. When I wrote my book, I just wanted to write my book. I'm going to, you know, sell it on my website. And it was about two and a half months ago, maybe three months ago. I'm in Tampa visiting my daughter. Mm-hmm. Middle of the night in the hotel. And I can't sleep. I wake up. I go in. I type in uncommon. I finish. And I go. <clears throat> I look. I see Target. I see Walmart. I see Barnes and Nobles. I see Books a Million. I see Google. My my book is at every major distributor. I'm like, what the hell? Listen, people are buying it, putting reviews. And mind you, I didn't do it to be no New York Times bestseller, man. I know why I do what I do. Now, if that stuff comes, that's cool. Right. But when El Trey Drama, the guy who wrote the foreword, said, "Who you writing this book for, bro?" I said, I'm writing this for my people. He said, all right, we're good. Let's do it. He told me if I would have told him something frivolous like the money, he said, hey, he would have told him, hey, man, use the title, but I'm not writing it for a word. He said, I would not attach my name to nonsense. Wow. So, I mean, and, and it's doing well, man. It's My daughter, you know, they recently had, you know, recently uh, had um, uh, Halloween. My kid went as me. This kid got on a Tennessee Titans 84 jersey. She got on wristband. She got, she got my book in her hand. 
That's what she's walking around to school. Like, hey, daddy, you an author too. So, hey, man, if my kid could have picked anything and they want to be me, hey, I, I'll take that. Yeah, that's dope, man. You mentioned the word uh, when you were speaking about therapeutic. Uh, as somebody in your unique position that played in the NFL, um, I guess a lot of people are probably depending on you or expecting one way out of you. Uh, how do you go about being vulnerable enough to put your story out, uh, some personal stuff that maybe they don't even know about, Ben? Uh, how therapeutic was that for you? It was the greatest, man, because that's who I am now. That's not who I was. Um, vulnerability to me was not something that was taught to me by my dad because my dad didn't know how to teach it to me. Mm-hmm. And I used to think vulnerability was weakness. Vulnerability, yeah. man, is one of the greatest truths a man can live through because he's being honest with him. Forget who he's being honest with. I'm being honest with me, man. Like, why would I want to put something out there that every time I see it, I know it's a lie. Like, every time I see it. Plus, I ain't got nothing to hide, man. Like, if somebody goes, all right, bro, what you going to tell them? I'm going to give them me. They're going to say, you going to tell the whole world that you wasn't a good dad? Hell, my kids going to tell them. <laughs> like, they, they the ones who felt the effects, right? right? So, vulnerability for me, man, it's my superpower, man. Can't nobody tell you about me better than me. I mean, people can tell you aspects of me, but when I come in and say, bruh, just because you have kids don't make you no dad, man. What? Or, hey, man, when my when my 50-something-year-old dad told his then 32, 33-year-old son how he felt about him in the car, this him talking to me, it saved my life. Because until then, I ain't know who I was. Mm. Or when I say my my my... Yeah, yeah, my youngest, she she changed my life. My daddy saved my life. The same man that gave me life saved it because there are certain things you don't grow out of. I, I don't think as a kid out there, whether you know your parents or not, don't want to make them proud, even if you don't know them, right? So I didn't know if my dad thought he was proud of me because the NFL, man, I thought we was enemies. Listen, mm-hmm. listen, money don't change people, man. It just reveals where they always been. They don't change anybody. So in a sense... My daddy only asked me for stuff. He never told me what I meant to him. Never. Mm. But, when, but listen, so when I'm at my work with end, I'm at rock bottom, and he's doing better, he says, son, you got to know you my son. So if you hurting, I'm hurting. It don't matter how I'm feeling if you hurt. So when he told me how he felt about me, man, I mean, I took off. Because wow. then, okay, my dad do care about me. Mom's always been there. But it's like, now, man, when I tell people stuff, I get that from my pop. My pop's. I say this. I said that my pops couldn't teach me vulnerability, but he was teaching it. He wasn't physically saying it. Yeah. He was living it. Showing it. You see what I'm saying? So now, yeah. when my dad say, son, the only reason why your daddy got a life is because y'all gave it back to me. Mm-hmm. Y'all and my grand, he said, I wasn't no dad to y'all, but with them 10 grandkids I got, them kids, they, they love me to death. I said, yeah, daddy, because they don't see your flaws. And in a sense, I asked myself, why was I looking at my pops through what he didn't do when he did so much? So, yeah, man, vulnerability has been the greatest for me, man. And I do speaking engagements, and I hope to do a conversation series called the 84 Read Sit Down Series because when I'm sitting on that stage and people saying, man, I thought you were going to come here talking about the whips and the chains and the bras. And I said, no, bro, you got rappers for that. You can fabricate, They can fabricate that stuff for you all the time. I said, I'm here to talk to you about life, here to say that, when somebody told me and it killed me, they said, Ben, your life is directly attached to somebody else's destiny. Somebody else gonna make it if you make it. So if you quit, they done. Mm. I'm like, what the hell? Like, think about it. Mm. There is somebody out there that needs you to make it. That way, when you when they when they meet you, you ready to give them what you there to give them. Now, I ain't know what they talking about at the time, but Ron Zook, my, my coach in Florida, told me. Yeah. He said if they ever know, he said the people only remember you as a football player. He said you have wasted your time, you have wasted your gift, and you have wasted your purpose. That's what he told me. When I'm, when, I'm in, when I'm trying to get ready for Tennessee, I'm like, what the hell, man? I'm 20 years old trying to get ready for these games. But people have always saw past what I was showing them, always. Football player, yeah, because Ron Zook told me, Boy, when football ends, your life begins. When football ends for you, do you man, authors, this stuff blows my mind that I'm doing so. Yeah, man, that vulnerability piece is something that I live, I live through it now. And listen, I ain't telling other men this is what they got to be or what they need to do. But the sooner they accept that, boy, 
I, I told my friend, my friend got a little girl. My friend got a little girl. He said, I don't do no tea parties. I said, boy, sit your behind down, put that little thing on your head, drink that fake tea. He goes, why? He says, Trooper ain't built like that. He said, yes, you are, because that little girl is going to think how you are. That's how men are. Message him, H. Yeah, I, 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 still like, I still ain't putting that on. <laughs> that message. <I> <laughs> hey, but listen, so we don't run out of time, man, because you still got a, a bunch of other stuff. So you did do a, I want to briefly, man, so we can jump and touch all this. So really quick, touch on the children's book you did and why you did that. And then also we want to jump on um, We Win. Judy and John came from a friend of mine named Miko. She was Miko Isidore. She's Miko Pope now. Met her when I was in Nashville, um, way back when, when I was a player. We kept in touch, man. She came like, like a sister to me. Fast forward here, like 2019. She talked, she, we were talking about doing something together. She told me about the children's book. And unfortunately, um, True Vine Publishing, uh, Timothy Bond, the guy who published my children's book, who, he published my book too. So he published my children's book first. And Julia John, man, just you know, just a life of times of little black and black and brown boys and girls. We're talking about their experiences, and, and she pimped me though. My daddy named John, so she called me about Judy, and she said, "Amy, you ever you ever talk about having a guy character? Like, yeah, like what about John? Well, yeah, she said your dad named John, right? Like, yeah, she oh, said, she, right. she said so right about John. I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> but 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 now I'm 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 doing two two different worlds. I got the kid world and I got the adult world. But man, I'm, I enjoy that too, man. To have so, listen, to have my niece and nephews at their school. I'm going to their schools, or, you know, talking about this is my uncle's book. So, hey, man, cool. the next generation of troops, Bellingers, they gonna come up knowing they can do whatever. So, college check, pro sports check, military check, author check, social work check, entrepreneurship. These kids, they already sport as hell. They already think they can do anything, and then we get to be that for them. That way, hopefully, you know. Uh, my floor is their ceiling. Hopefully, they'll break through that thing. So, tell us a little bit about We Win Enterprises. We Win Enterprises, man. <laughs> we Win Enterprises. It's the We Are. You we told me off, off camera man, too. W E A W E N stands for We All We Got, We All We Need. That's that. That's who I am, man. It's a, it's a, it's an acronym for life, man. And We Win Enterprises. Somebody told me, hey man, I call my LLC what I want. Like, yeah, they're like, what is it? We Win? No, it's We Win. But it's spelled. No, I spell it the way I want to spell it. But no, man, it's uh, it's what I, it's what I do with everything that I do. Um, every time I say, every time I say, we all we got, we all we need. That's how I made it to everything I did. It's a we thing, not a me thing. Uh, I trade the words I and me for us and we, and that's that's my brother. He's somewhere right now, truck driving. I they getting it. If I say, boy, you gonna make it? Say, boy, we all we got. Keep going, cause you know that lets me know, man. I'm doing it for more than just me. Us and we, man. I like that. I like how that. I and hopefully, that. I hope I can get your get your daughter get you in that too, too, man. We'll see. Yes, it's <laughs> not quite there yet, man. I ain't quite there yet. So, I guess the process of writing these books, man, and, and, and quickly, man. What's the next step for you? What, what what's what's going wow. on? Um, the next step for me, man, is I want to have my own production company. I work working working in media. I understand that if my my story isn't compelling because it's me, my story is compelling because I wrote it. Mm -hmm. I'm not. So I want to be able to tell these stories, man. It's a lot of people out here that need a platform because they, the story is already built into their life. Man, I can get some cameras. I can get some LLCs. I can say action. We got plenty of free uh, platforms to put them on. Tyler Perry, holla at me. You know, I'll take your money. Uh, right. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, but, uh, but um, and uh, like I told you guys too, man, the 84 Reasons uh, Conversation Series it's something I really want to do on these college campuses, man. A lot of these students, a lot of these uh, students, they they struggling. And if you get them in an open forum and I show them that, you can holler at me. And I'm sitting there with a moderator and we just answering questions. I don't know if you guys know who Gary V is, but Gary V, I love the way he answers. He blunt, he honest. I want to. I, I, that's going to be something I think I can do forever, man. It's me. You can. Yeah. I, there is no expiration date on what's in my mind and. I feel as though I got something to get these crowds, man. So 84 Reasons Conversation Series, 84 Reasons um, uh, um, Production Company, and we'll see what happens with those. Let's go. All right, so wrapping it up, man, this is the final uh, part, man. So what we like to call this is dropping the assist or coaching jewel. So give us a word you live by. I mean, you've given us quotables all throughout this, but just give us uh, quotes you live by or something you would tell your younger self. Uh, my younger self? 
Um, don't be afraid to lose, you know what I'm saying, in public. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cause cause I lose in private, but I but I'm I'm something different in public. Don't be afraid to lose in public, man. Um, you know, um flaws are only flaws because we make them that. I don't believe the flaws are flaws at all. Like it just makes you you. And uh, you know, um that's dope, man. Yeah, I mean, cause cause you know, I mean, when it comes to stuff like that, man, I mean, you know, if one beggar is only telling another beggar what the food is, which one are you? Like either somebody's telling you what the food is or you telling them what the food is. Let's go. So, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm, I'm, from, I'm from the country, man. We got man, we live we live, we live by these things all the time. So but uh is, but the biggest thing is what my book says, man. Be uncommon to be forgotten, man. Like seriously, like like the great Tony Dungeon said, success is uncommon and won't be felt by the common man. So if you don't, if you are not successful, you are accepting being common. Being now, there's nothing wrong with being ordinary, because I think we all are that. But make sure your life is extraordinary. That's what that, 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 that's what I am in, in a nutshell. I'm an ordinary dude. But the life I got, oh my freaking God. I'm definitely <laughs> that dude. I really, really am, because people think that my greatest legacies is uncommon in Florida. And, and, and radio, my my greatest legacy is BJ, Mia, and Yaya. I got three of them. Lots of them. My kids, bro, I gave that to the world. People say, how do I make the world better? Man, I gave them three of me. Three. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> and, and, in hey. a sense, and in a sense, that's not arrogance. That's not even, that's not even, that's not, that's that's not truth, even confidence. Man. That's not even confidence. That man, that's I'm convinced, man. I got two. Listen, I got two. Let me tell you, I got two beautiful daughters. What did I do? I thought I was. I got two beautiful. My daughters was born in the same year, in the same month, and they are not twins. <laughs> right. So I used. I, now I've gotten better. So I only got three kids now. So I only. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man. I want to be. I want to be able to. I want to be able to get this. <laughs> To, to crowds, man. Not listen, not even for the money, man. I want to be able to sit in the crowd and tell somebody, man, bruh, we all we got. Ain't nobody else coming. We look around, nobody else coming, right? And the, the minute I can get us to accept we all we got, man, a lot of stuff goes away. Like, mm-hmm. when old girl told me about y'all podcast, she thought she had to sell it to me. I said, just tell me when it was. She <laughs> like, yeah. Because, man, listen, this is what I'm supposed to do. Ryan Clark, that's on TV, mm-hmm. he said, Ben, boy, if you're doing, you doing what you're supposed to do, ain't nobody in your lane, man. Ain't nobody in my lane, man. It's, 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 it ain't crowded. It ain't it ain't no traffic. So when I first got on radio, I would, man, I wanted to be on stuff like this. So now people think, well, Ben, now you, uh-uh. People think that I'm not accessible because of how I make it look. They never, they never hollered at me, though. They never say, hey, Ben, you think you can... I'm telling you, and that's what I do. I'm a country boy, man. So when I go home, <laughs> ain't nobody worried about no ESPN apps. They trying to eat. <laughs> they trying to, you know what I'm saying? So and I, they, I, and it can go to your website and request you. You got the interview section right and there. Listen, and, 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 when they see the beingjumatedfo.com, man, that's just to let you know, man, that I can do both sides, man. You can catch me on the street and highlight me, or you can do the professional way and go do that. But either way, man, get. Put me in a position to highlight me first. That way you hit no from me. I don't got no publicists. Absolutely. I don't got no managers. That Because if I do, they may say something that don't represent me. They said, hey, uh, she said or he said, you don't want to do this. Who was he and she? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man, I, I enjoy what I do, man. I enjoy being me. I, I, I try to get people, man, enjoy your life first. Not what you do. Enjoy you first. Then... Hopefully everything, because I didn't know that somebody tell me that a man's career is a direct reflection to not his happiness, but his sanity. If a man hate what he does, everybody gonna have to feel it for wives and kids. But I enjoy what I do, man. I do my best not to kill Kevin and BJ every day from three to six, <laughs> and we have fun. But they say, Ben, we appreciate you for being you. I say, hell, I don't know how to be nothing else. Everything I do, I'm this from sports to radio to book sales. So, hey, man, I mean, I asked my publicist, how many books do the average person sell? He said zero. He said there are people that publish books every day and they don't sell any. I said, 
I have sold a bunch of books. He says, think about that. You done sold a bunch, and this ain't even your livelihood. That's people sell zero. That's oh, crazy. And, oh, and JudyandJohn.com, every single dollar made goes to needy families. We don't spend, I don't spend none of it because it's needy families out there. So that money sit in the bank until Miko say, hey, Ben, somebody want to go to ballet school. How much do it cost? 200. I sent it to her. So, hey. That's beautiful. Good stuff, man. Wow. Really good stuff. All right. Uh, MH, final thoughts. Appreciate you, Ben, man. Appreciate you walking out with us, bro. No, I appreciate y'all, man. I mean, uh, EJ and MH, man. Understand this too, bro. This may not be only one time. I tell you, listen, y'all got to have me back. I still, listen, I saw the Colin Kaepernick, and listen, his Netflix special, I love it. It is pissing white people. I love it. What? <laughs> because, listen, next time, next time I'm on, we're just going to chop it up about life, whatever y'all want to talk about. I'm from right. the South. so Absolutely. Well, we got the locker room. We need to bring you in the locker room, man. And, man, let's, let's, let's it, man. and listen, listen, I mean, and shout, shout out to them Denver boys. Oh, Chauncey Billups. Yeah. Right. Uh, <coughs> shout out to the Denver. But it's too freaking cold out there, man. You can't even breathe out there. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a South boy. You're Southern boy. You're right. I, mean, listen, listen, I, got, I got a big coat, but I got to breathe. You can't even breathe in Denver. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> hey, well, listen, man. Thank you all for listening. We definitely want to thank our guest, Ben, for tuning in. Uh, please, please hope you enjoyed the show as we did. Uh, we have new shows dropping every Thursday, so please subscribe to the YouTube channel because visual representation matters. And you can subscribe to the audio podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. But please remember, stay safe, practice gratitude, and know we're rooting for you. Screaming, all us blacks got us forcing entertainment until we even... Assuming you're rooting for everybody that's black. Uh-huh, yeah. Sue me, I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Yo, 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 look, look. Sue me, I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Spat bouts, racks, or handmade new rags. Sue me, I'm rooting for everybody that's black. A certified from sports to college class to rap and back.